Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight, Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh joining me as always from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints. Uh, Very pleased to have Maryville on as our sponsor for the next two years and uh, thrilled to uh, be talking hockey again. Stephen Marsh, how are you? Just doing uh, doing pretty good, Scott. Uh, we've The winter has already come through, it looks like, the last couple of days. <laughs> the we were, winter. The whole the winter. The winter. <laughs> the winter. <laughs> Winter-like weather swooped through here the last couple of days as we were in the 50s and 60s. Of course, other places much colder, so we guess we shouldn't complain. But... Nonetheless, we're going. We're, we're doing fine. We've got, uh, I don't know, so many, so much good things going on here. Other than maybe than what's actually happening. Maybe I'm trying to be people. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you're being very. Uh... How should we say it? Politically correct. Um, This is, as I said, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University. Uh, Always excited to have new partners on, and and thanks to Maryville for jumping on board with us. Uh, So many things happening, though, Stephen, in the world of ACHA hockey. And tonight, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have our guests with us. Uh, Chris Perry is going to join us again from the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. But uh, before we jump in and start... uh, bombarding i guess chris with questions let's talk a little bit about um what's going on in the acha in the in the wchl i mean we're seeing teams uh try to get organized try to get prepared for what they hope will be a, a fresh start in in january um vegas doing some things and they're announcing their uh, the new team store or whatever and uh they're messing around with some three-on-three stuff the asu is doing some uh some uh Non, non-school related uh, league hockey, and and U of A is working out outside. So all kinds of stuff happening. I still have you, Stephen. Yeah, sorry, I had, had to unmute myself. There we go. Okay, 
so yes, uh, Arizona Wildcat Hockey was uh, tweeting out some videos of them doing some social distancing workouts. I like the tweet that they uh, put. They said, you don't have to stand close together to bring a team closer together. Social distance workouts have begun. So that's good to see. As you mentioned, UNLV is planning to do some sort of three-on-three thing that they're going to be, be, be involved with. That will be uh, there'll be a couple of matchups this weekend and a couple more I think in November. We've got the team store that they're launching. They're real excited about that. They they shared out some on their Instagram page, some Instagram stories, some previewing some of the merch of what people can 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 snag starting on November first. So that will be up and active. Uh, U of A, as we mentioned again, Arizona Wildcats are going to op- reopen their team store for a period for a couple of weeks. The so people can buy some merchandise. So even though we just don't have the games going on, there's still some things going on. These teams are trying to continue to, to generate revenue and to generate uh, attention and, and do what they can under these, uh, these circumstances that they've been presented with. Exactly. And, and well, they're trying to get ready to get on the ice and do some team activities. Some teams are already playing. So before I even talk about that, let's go ahead and bring on our, our special guest again, because we love bringing this guy on because he's so knowledgeable in what he does. Uh, Chris Perry with the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Chris, how are you tonight? You got Scott and, and uh, Stephen with you again. Um, I want to ask you right off the shoot, how in the world are you doing down there in Oklahoma? Is everything okay? Do we have Chris? Chris, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, love technology. Love technology because you never know what's going to happen. Um, Stephen, what I was saying as we uh, try to get hooked up with Chris here is that um, the, uh, the teams uh, like Minot State and different places have been playing games, and now you see this spike in COVID going on, and you have to wonder what's happening. Um, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Well, it is. And they are, they are going on forward with the season in, in those places. And some of those places, which for most of the pandemic, uh, was doing a pretty decent job of keeping the numbers fairly low are now starting to see the spikes, uh, in, in those places as they've pretty much, have, I don't know if they fully have reopened, but as they've relaxed some of the restrictions and with the colder weather now starting to plow through as i mentioned at the top of the show and in a lot of places uh more people are, are going back to doing inside stuff so um i hear a lot on the news about covid fatigue and i think it's a real thing some people you know as we've been at this now for uh, you know seven months now since march or even i guess even longer than that but really since march and you know you get tired you know you 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 want to try to help what you can wear a mask social distance wash the hands and and avoid being gathered but at some point it just people just start like getting tired of it which is unfortunate because we're now it's picking back up again and and we were warned about this that it was going to start you know being a problem again in the fall and and not that the united states really had a full grasp on it from the beginning but even in other countries now where covid was where they did pretty good job of containing it and and was real their their handling of it was was better maybe better than others are now starting to see spikes in, in those places again. So this virus isn't going away. Uh, we saw in baseball, the unfortunate end of the season there, the great they got through the whole playoffs, the, the World Series, the Dodgers <laughs> won the series, and then we find out at the end a, a player tested positive. Now imagine 
had the, the series continued on to, to a game seven, what they would have had to do. I mean, it would have been for a few days. So, you oh, know, it was yeah. a and, and, and we wonder what's going to happen with these schools and what's going to happen in, in other situations um, where they aren't really in a bubble. The, the MLB was supposed to be in a bubble, so I'm not sure how that, that happened with, with, with that. But, but, you know, it's interesting to see what, what's happening. Yeah, it's not, it's not going away. And, uh, and so that's – we just got to continue. I, I, it's hard, I know, because we, we're getting, we kind of get to the point where we want to start getting back to what we love to do. And we, and we can, but we just have to be uh, proactive of what we do, to be aware of who we're around or maybe not get too close, you know, wear the mask. You know, people hate doing that, but and I'm not, I'm not sure there's nobody that really loves doing it, but it does help. And anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox. And I don't, I don't make this but, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, don't fall. Don't fall. That was a big soapbox. Be careful. Okay, let's give it a shot again, see if we can get our, our guest, uh, Chris Perry, the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Chris, can you hear us? I'm wondering if Chris has the mute button on. Chris, do you see the mute button on your phone there? It might be the uh, – I hear something. I just don't hear you. <laughs> okay, I can see Chris is on the app. I guess we're having a problem with maybe the uh, the mute button or the microphone connection or something. Um, what? Struggling just Why don't a we... bit here. Can we maybe play? Maybe you can play us a, a few uh, uh, advertising spots and then uh, yeah. partner yeah, spots, we'll, and then we'll, let's see if we can get it fixed by the time we come back from those. All right, we will be right back. I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker, but being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday Special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, is voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops, talk to Kevin Wood, let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you, and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., 
visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Canteon Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University. Scott Strandy, live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And my co-host is always, Stephen Marsh, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Let's see if the third time is a charm for our, uh, our special guest, Chris Perry, the uh, commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Chris, how are we doing? <laughs> I- Oh no! <laughs> I heard I heard something, and I can see that he's on here. I, I don't understand why we can't hear him. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep we're gonna keep working on it in, in the process, but um, I I don't understand it. He looks alive. He looks like everything's going well, and we just can't hear him. So uh, maybe Chris is gonna give us smoke signals or uh, sign language or something like that. But <laughs> that's a it's a beauty of live of live. Uh, live radio or live podcast, but uh, we'll keep working on it because I know Chris is out there and I know he's uh, got a lot of information to talk about. But uh, in the meantime, uh, let's uh, let's discuss a little bit more about what's been going on. And, and Stephen, uh, before we went to the break, I was just saying, you know, some of the teams have been playing a lot of games and, uh, and I just don't know uh, what's going to happen in January. And that's really what I want to get Chris's uh, opinion on. Uh, Chris, can you hear us yet? No, nothing yet. But anyway, you, you look at teams like Jamestown and even Adrian College and other colleges have started playing games. Now the COVID spike that you talked about is starting to come up. So so what happens now? I mean, what if those teams um, have to fight through the, the COVID stuff and you get to the point where, where you're ready to start your WCHL season and now these other teams are going down and, and – the ACHA has to make a move then. Then what? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can, one thing that I can think of is, you know, they, because of, they've already started playing games, they have, do have some, I guess, flexibility in, in their scheduling if they have to postpone games, if there's a, some positive COVID test between them or, or, or certainly another team that they play, um, they could probably take a few weeks off and, and not uh, play if they need to. Um, it's going to be real interesting when we get to the uh, the January part, which is if that's where the, the the season is still scheduled to start. And when these uh, teams, when the season really gets going with a lot of the ACHA teams, if there are positive tests, you know, there's not going to be really a lot of flexibility. I don't believe with, with how the schedule is going to be presented. That's one thing I would love to to hear too about um, about to see what kind of uh, what the schedule is going to look like. We kind of have a hinting it's going to be mostly conference schedule. Pretty much every weekend you're playing games, but it's not going to be a lot of open open dates there if games have to get postponed for a period of time. So, um, Absolutely. Let's, Let's to... see if we have Chris with us now. Chris, can you hear us? <laughs> I'm getting the same thing back. I can see Chris is, again, on with us, but I just can't hear him. He says he's on his on the chat, though. He says he's on his AirPods, so I'm not sure if that's part of the issue there or not. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be because they're uh, they're not a problem with that. But um, anyway, as we we continue to talk about it, uh, you know, one thing I'm most proud of of being a hockey fan first is the fact that hockey teams just haven't given up, right? I mean, they've continued to plow through it. Uh, we had we had a guest on our uh, NCAA show about a month ago, two months ago, and they said, you know, everybody was telling him that, and he was from Minnesota. They were saying that uh, 
this pandemic was going to hurt the uh, the NCAA teams, especially because the loss of revenue and and all of this and cutbacks and and things in the athletic departments. But that's been just the opposite. The NCAA has added teams, and the ACHA has continued to build and go forward. It's uh, I'm really proud of the way hockey people have stepped up and, and fought through this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, one thing I look back at is when during the summer when you know, they were deciding whether to – I'm talking about golf, the, the athletics for the NCAA programs for the fall, particularly football, one of the biggest sports of, for college athletics. And some of these conferences, it, it almost had the perception like they weren't really giving the effort. They just, oh, well, just let's put it off till, till January. COVID's going to be a problem. You know, on campus, let's put it off till, till January, and, and, uh, and we'll just try to fit a season in then. Well, then they saw some of the more ambitious conferences, like the SEC, some of them out there in the in the south part of the country, and in that side, they they said, "Well, we can do this." They had experts. They said, "Oh, we can make this work. We'll, you know, protocols will be in place. Certain this, you know, we'll have. We, we feel like we can we can play some sort of a season in the fall." And so they did that, and then some some conferences started up and started playing, and it seemed like it was working. So then the other conferences now looked and said, "Well, wait, actually, let's let's not all they think. Well, let's let's." knowing that they're missing out on this opportunity to be in the, the games and stuff and seeing that they're getting all this attention, like, well, wait a minute, maybe we can make this work. And now it seems like they're getting their heads together and coming up with a plan. So that's one thing that's been great about the hockey is, is they're still trying to make an effort. We saw the news of the American Hockey League uh, today that they're going to push back the start to February, but they're not saying that they're not going to get a season. They're still committed to getting a season in, but they're just – recognize that probably February is a more realistic start. Uh, NHL probably probably will do similar. Uh, I know they're talking about January. There's been some discussions about realignments of divisions and things like that, but they're making an attempt. They're looking at all avenues. They're looking at a way to make this work instead of just trying to do it normal and and not being flexible and changing their format and then just, you know, not, and then COVID coming through and saying, oh, we're not going to be able to do it the way we like to do it, so we're not going to do it. They're adapting. They're trying to adapt and, and make something work. You know, if, if Canada's closed off to the United States, then they're going to have all the Canadian teams play up there and play each other, and then the U.S. regionally, they can make it work. That's what we're seeing with, with NCAA. You know, they're trying to, to do that, and, and certainly with, with hockey, some of these other leagues as well. So um, I think that's great when, when there's an effort being made. Yes, we, we, we understand COVID is, is, is present, but these, especially for, for these young athletes, it's it's imperative that they get a chance to play because you're only in college a certain amount of time, and you know you got to have an opportunity to play, but you got to be able to do it safely. and And we know a lot more about the virus than we did a while ago. That there are ways that we can we can make it work, and and we're seeing that we're seeing it happen in college football. There have been positive tests. They've had postponements of game, but they've been able to move them other days. They've done a pretty decent job of, of containing. Um, you know, we'll see what happens now okay, and, as we uh, get to the colder months. Uh, okay, and we, Chris, uh, we've got Chris Perry on, Steve, and I've got him on my phone, so we're going to run it like that tonight. So if you got some questions for him, if you can just text them to me, uh, I will definitely ask him. You won't be able to uh, – he won't be able to hear your question, but you'll be able to hear his responses. So let's give it a shot, and let's bring on our, our special guest from the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League, the commissioner. Chris Perry is with us. Chris, how are you tonight? Well, I'm a little frustrated. 
and I'm so sorry that it's taken me. Uh, we can't figure out this technology. You know, we've done, we've only done this four or five times before, and every time it's worked. So yeah, I, what's different now? I don't get it because I can see uh, in the calling button that you were there, and uh, I just couldn't hear you, and it's uh, it's yeah, weird. I can hear you guys, and I was I was all primed and ready to give it to Stephen for complaining about fifty degree weather. <laughs> I'm sitting in Norman, Oklahoma. We just got through an ice storm, and in the background, I've got tree limbs snapping left and right. Oh my due goodness! To, uh, the weight of the ice, and he's complaining about having to wear a sweater. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I hear you. We'll have to have a talk about what winter weather really is. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got a feeling I'm going to experience some of that because if you haven't heard, Chris, the uh, Arizona State Sun Devil NCAA team has been adopted by the Big Ten for this season. So uh, they're playing 28 road games, uh, all in Big Ten schools. So that's going to be unusual. That's kind of cool, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's good that they're going to be able, hopefully they'll be able to have a season. Um, I know there are some rumblings out there um, with some athletic directors about uh, – about other possibilities, but uh, yeah, it's kind of. I'm. I was really happy to. I had an occasion to talk to Greg uh, Powers, head coach Greg Powers, and he had kind of alluded that something uh, was in the offing. And you know, a couple of days later, the Big Ten made the big announcement, and uh, ASU will be some road warriors. It makes <laughs> makes sense, and uh, they're gonna. I see today they're going to wear some pretty sick threads. So uh, yeah. Greg has always been on the cutting edge of hockey fashion. Um, <laughs> I love that. So whether it's wearing <laughs> roller hockey gear on the ice or uh, now he's bringing back the old vintage Sun Devils uh, logo. So good for good for Greg. I'm I'm happy to see that they're doing well. And uh, I saw where what they're ranked 14th or 15th in the uh, preseason poll, which is good that some uh, hockey here in the College Southwest is getting some uh, respect nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, on our show, we talk uh, club hockey, ACHA hockey, and uh, your uh, league, the Western Collegiate Hockey League, is uh, very important to us. We now have uh, Colorado, Colorado State, Utah added to our uh, coverage area, which is going to be fun for us. Uh, We've talked with uh, the folks up at Utah a little bit. We're waiting to get Colorado and Colorado State on. But uh, in the meantime... <laughs> let's uh, let's. I, I, I think they're wandering in the dark right now, but so, so that's why I say good luck. Uh, well, help some direction. Well, may, maybe they just need a little more media attention. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Okay, so so let's jump right into this thing because uh, I'm so not confused, but just baffled. I think at the way things are things are playing out. I mean, the USHL is playing games. The NAHL is playing games. Some of the teams in the ACHA D1 division are playing games. Um, some are not. Some are practicing due to their school regulations. Some can't have large groups. I mean, ha- have you ever experienced anything like this at any level at any time? No, oh, come on, Scott. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Have you ever experienced a <laughs> pandemic before? No. <laughs> This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And I don't, you know, we, we've talked before, and I don't, I'm not Mr. I, I don't want to be Mr. Doom and Gloom or Mr. Class FMT, but it just boggles my mind right now how there are teams, especially teams in these states that are the number one hotspots, not in the United States, but in the world, 
like North Dakota, it just blows my mind how uh, uh, teams up there are actually playing hockey. But hey, power to them. They're getting away with it. And uh, right now they're the only game in town. So uh, power to them. So, so let me ask you this. As the commissioner of the league that's made the commitment and the decision to, uh, to start uh, January 1st, does that affect you when other teams around the country are playing? Or do you guys just kind of go like you're saying right now, more power to you, and, and you know, there it is? Well, it, it, uh, it affects – it has an effect because you get the perception – that these guys that are able to play now are going to be able to get a competitive advantage against you, right? Because they're able to be on the ice. You guys were mentioning it earlier when I was so desperately trying to uh, dial in and connect on via the Pugbeam app. Uh, but, you know, U of A is out there running on the soccer fields, doing dry land stuff. ASU is playing their uh, Oceanside Elite Hockey League Um you know, uh, UNLV is doing three-on-three stuff, whereas Jamestown, Minot, Iowa State, Midland, Waldorf, they're actually playing games, competitive games against one another. And so it, it affects you in that respect because of the psychological aspect that, you know, perhaps you're getting a, uh, or they're getting a competitive advantage over you. But, uh, you know, reality is, uh, and, and, and I guess, that, you know, that can be real if you let it. Um, I would choose to look at it a different way, where uh, which would be we're all starting a race on uh, uh, you know hopefully January first or sometime in January to April, and these guys are you know they're running their engines and wearing out their gas tank and their tire tread now in October when they when when they don't really need to be doing so they should sit out and wait like the rest of us so they'll be dead dog tired come April, whereas we'll be uh, hopefully hitting our prime, uh, you know, at, at Nationals time. So I, I think it's all, a lot of it is depending on how you how you look at it. Now, from an administrator point of view, yeah, it's, it's pain in the butt because I hear about it all the time from other schools who are, and these guys are getting the jump on us. What can we do? What can we do? Isn't that, you know, that's unfair. We need to shut them down. And it's, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's not like that for us. We don't yeah. have that. I, I can't I can't flip the switch on or off for, for those teams. I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, I hear you. Well, let me jump in with this real quick. Cause Steven, Steven said he wanted to apologize for uh, to all those people that are in the snow and suffering. <laughs> he, he realizes yeah, that yeah, he, yeah. Get, here's what he's going to do. He said tomorrow he's going to go outside in shorts and a tank top just to prove that he's a tough guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Way to go, Steven. Uh, back, back on to what we were talking about, but uh, the ACJ came out last week, I believe, and, and said that they were not going to go to Boston for the national tournament. They're going to spread things out. Tell us about that and what you thought and how that decision maybe came about. Well, I, that was, I thought that was kind of a, uh, a foregone conclusion. Um, you know, again, not trying to be the harvester of sorrow or, you know, Mr. Doom and Gloom, but let's be realistic. Um, this, you know, the, 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 all the scientists are out there telling everybody with the brain to not have large gatherings and to keep socially distant from one another and to, um, you know, uh, just be smart about things and, uh, in terms of having large gatherings. And, uh, you know, here we were 
our, our wonderful marquee event, the end of the season national tournament, was going to put 72 teams from all five divisions in one building all at the same time. And instead of spreading it out over 10 days like we normally were, like we normally would do, we were going to, since it was one building, we were going to be uh, uh, trying to do it all in six days. Oh, my goodness. And so it just it just didn't make sense. I mean, it, it, if we did not have the pandemic, it would be awesome. It would be great because it would be nonstop action. That New England Sports Center has eight ranks. Uh, six of them would be going at any one particular time with some form of ACHA action, whether it's men's one, women's two, you name it, elimination games, um, uh, qualifying games. It was going to be awesome. Enter the pandemic, and it just throws the monkey wrench into the whole engine, and so we can't, you know, we, we can't do that. So it was, um, uh, you know, we, we, it was a, it was a delicate process because obviously the New England Sports Center and the town of Marlboro, which uh, is a suburb of Boston, uh, it's actually between Boston, it's closer to Worcester, but it's a suburb of Boston. Um, they been great partners with the ACHA, and so we didn't want to just, uh, you know, give them the finger and say, sorry, see you later, pandemic wins. Um, we had to, we wanted to work it out, uh, because we do want to put together a great event with, you know, six ranks or eight ranks going nonstop with ACHA action from 10 in the morning to 10 at night. I think that's, I, I think it's still a great, I mean, it gets me excited. That's, that's a fun time. Um, so we made the decision that in working with them, they were, they were wonderful to work with the New England Sports Center. We made the decision to, uh, move everything, uh, to 2023, uh, because we've already committed to going to St. Louis for 2022, um, to your, uh, in, you know, your new sponsor. I love that. The Maryville University Saints, uh, we're going to be in part of their facility in 2022. So that's, uh, what a clink Um, and then we'll, uh, uh, so yeah, it, we, we made the decision to, instead of having one giant event, let's have five smaller events and each division is now trying to figure out how they're going to, uh, how they're going to pull it off and where they're going to pull it off. So, so how much say do you as a commissioner of the, uh, the WCHL, how much uh, say do you get met? Is there a, a group of people or how does that work? Are you politicking for your own area or how does that, how does that all come get together? Well, I don't have a say. I'm just a squeaky wheel, right? <laughs> sometimes those are the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, sometimes that squeaky wheel does get oil. I, I always tell people I don't have a vote, but I do have a voice um, in, with, with the ACHA. Um, I make it pretty clear uh, what I would like. And I'm also you know, fairly realistic. Um, uh, you know, as much as I would love to have an event in the ACHA West, if you will, you know, somewhere from, you know, Missouri West, um, I'm also realistic to know that um, uh, that's just not going to happen. Um, you know, we, we had so many belly acres and whiners, you know, complain about going to a great place like Frisco, Texas. Um, can you imagine if we went to Denver or, oh my God, Phoenix or Vegas? Um <laughs> So, I mean, they, they would think you'd need a passport and a three-day travel plan just to get there. <laughs> um, it's, they, they, they seem to forget that, you know, anything west of the Mississippi is still in the United States. Right. So, um, when, I, when I deal with folks or when I talk to, and it's, it's, 
I talk on a semi-regular basis with the executive director, Craig Barnett, with the president, Paul Gebert, with uh, the Men's Division One uh, uh, Commissioner, uh, Brian Moran, and with the Men's Division One uh, Vice President, Gordy, Gordy Shepler. Uh, and I, you know, I express my opinion. I think, um, you know, we, you know, it, it makes sense to, if we're going to find an alternate location uh, to, you know, get it uh, somewhere that's centrally located so that people can get to it relatively easily and maybe not have to fly, um, you know, or at least maybe not make a lot of the teams fly. Obviously, the Arizona squads and, uh, you know, Vegas, uh, you know, they're used to flying. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's in a St. Louis or a Chicago area, that's kind of centrally located to, um, you know, I would say, 80, 90% of the ACHA Men's Division One membership, they're all within like an eight-hour bus ride. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's what we're, what we're, excuse me, I think that's what we're looking for. Somewhere also with a smaller venue, not necessarily a, uh, a cavernous arena like we had with uh, with, with the beautiful uh, Comerica Center down there in Frisco, Texas. I mean, it was just a wonderful, gorgeous arena with lots of amenities. I thought kids we're playing on the big time stage with a uh, big screen TV. And I mean, it was a, it was a, it was like a fancier version than the TCC uh, down there in Arizona. It was pretty good. We just didn't have the, the good fans that, t- that the TCC brings in. But um, uh, so that's, you know, the criteria. So I, I mean, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a vote, but I, cause those four guys are going to make the decision. But I definitely let my opinion be known. Okay, so Stephen wants to know: Is there a timetable where you have to make a decision on that location, or uh, could things change with COVID and circumstances and stuff like that too? Or do you have to pick a spot out to plan it out relatively soon? Yeah, yeah, we're we're in the middle of that process. But um, I don't think it's any great state secret. Um, when it became, you know, the last time we talked, I remember I moaned and groaned about a certain team out east that <laughs> kind of was was complaining an awful lot about you know the nationals format and um uh, we at that time they were looking at doing a 10 team only format conference winners only and it was going to be in the st louis area um it, you know if i were to if i were a betting man if i were in vegas with steven right now putting on a sweater maybe walking around with some shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> I would put some money on St. Louis um, uh, as as the site. However, I know that there are some other places that have uh, expressed some interest. Minot, North Dakota has expressed some interest. Um, there are actually two places in St. Louis, Maryville and Lindenwood expressed interest. Illinois State in Bloomington, Illinois has expressed interest. They have the uh, Grossinger Motor Arena. Um, and then uh, Adrian College in Adrian, Michigan has expressed some interest in hosting the event. We are in the process right now of soliciting um, bids to find out, um, you know, who's who's really interested, and what's the commitment. Um, they've kind of got a, an idea for the format now, so um, uh, so we're looking at. You know, to answer Stephen's question, yeah, I think we want to find out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, if it's my if it's up to me, I would want to have it done before we everybody. Before school, send the kids home on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, November twentieth, um, because that way the kids go home and they know what's 
they're they're they know what's what the plan is for the spring. You know, we're starting in the spring. Their school hopefully is going to allow them to play. When they play, here's where the nationals will be in April. It will be in you know X Y Z center. Um, uh, so I would I would hope that it would be under my timetable. It would be the 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 timetable would be November twentieth. It would be what the hard deadline. However, like I said, I don't have a vote. I just get to moan and groan. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I my thought was probably sometime in you know I'd be I'll be happy because sometimes you know the ACHA works at a glacial pace. Right. Um, and so if I'll be happy if it gets out by the end of the year as to where they're going. But my I'm I'm pressing them hard, and I've expressed my opinion already that. We need to let folks know before kids get sent home from school for the uh, for the fall semester. Yeah, I think that would be really important for a lot of uh, a lot of student athletes. Uh, I will tell you, and I don't know if I told you this or if we've had you on since, but I made a couple of trips to see my grandson in Minnesota, and I did stop down in St. Louis and had a chance to uh, look over the Maryville uh, Ice Center. Uh, I had a chance to look over the uh, the St. Louis uh, uh, Centene Center, and um, by the way, is is Lindenwood part of the NHL, or are they just uh... – because <laughs> that facility is unbelievable. Have you been there? <laughs> I, I have not been there. I have not, I've deliberately stayed away. Um, I, will, I will be there uh, hopefully in 2022 for Nationals, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Oh, my goodness. I've heard nothing but great things let, about it. Let me just tell you quickly, very briefly, it's built right – the facility is built right outside of a, a casino – uh, I believe it's on tribal yeah. land, obviously. And uh, this facility, when you drive up and you see Lindenwood and you see what they've done with their their one rink, and then you see this other rink that's open to the public for the most part, and then you see the St. Louis Blues facility literally attached to the Lindenwood building, you, you, there's no doubt in my mind that, that and there's not an ACHA school in the country that would want that facility to be their own, but... Congratulations to them because they uh, they are doing it big time. And also to our sponsor, John Hogan. I mean, what John has done in three years at Maryville is unbelievable. And if you haven't seen that facility yet, that facility is fantastic as well. So uh, there's my plug for them. Uh, let's get back to the format. You, you told us a little bit about the format the last time we had you on. Has anything changed or is it still – conference tournament winners type thing, or is there going to be at large? Or do, do you know anything on that yet? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think things have changed. I think, you know, with the pandemic, everybody's going to have to be nimble. And we obviously, I told you, we have a major league bellyacher from Long Island who um, uh, moaned and groaned for, on behalf of his conference. So, um, uh, yeah, I, things have changed. Uh, a month ago or when we talked last, it was going to be 10 teams only, conference winners only. Um, and it was you know, kind of an exciting little format because it would basically make all of us have to have a playoff tournament, and that playoff tournament would essentially be an extension of the national tournament, right? right. Um, so if you make your conference tournament, the idea was, boom, you're, you're a national qualifier, and you've qualified for nationals, and even if you're sixth, seventh, or eighth in your conference, you still get a shot to go to nationals, which normally wouldn't happen. Uh, but the winds have changed, and um, uh, you know uh, it, it's all subject to seeing really who's going to play and how many teams play in the uh, spring, Scott. But uh, right now we're looking at a 20-team, a regular men's division one format, 20 teams, 
um, uh, win, uh, uh, winner take, uh, what, what do we call it? Single elimination. One right, and yes. uh-huh. And it will be, uh, you know, the, the, if there's been a change or modification, it's the, what I'm hearing is that there will not be an, an auto bid per se. It's that each conference, and there are nine of them, each conference in men's division one will be guaranteed at least one representative. And, um, and, and there will be at least one independent representative. And then so that'll comprise 10 teams. And then the other 10 teams will be determined by the uh, computer ranking. Okay. So if, so if there's a, let's say if there's a terrible conference out east, let's say maybe in Philadelphia um, or Pittsburgh, and they're ranked, you know, 108 in the ACHA, one of those terrible teams is going to get in. And uh, which is, which is fine. See, I mean, that's the way the auto bid kind of works. Uh, anyways, but it's in, in, but in this instance, it's not going to be an auto bid per se. It's just going to be the conference deems which team is going to get to go. Um, so um, I guess it's more like a, not necessarily the team earns the auto bid as much as the conference awards uh, the bid to somebody. Um, and then uh, from from there, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be uh, we'll have hopefully we'll have twenty teams. So, and I, you know, I have been to that Maryville facility, you know, John and, uh, and the Maryville Saints, uh, Maryville University Saints. I'm, I'm the commissioner not only of the Western League, but also of what I call my, affectionately call my B conference, <laughs> uh, Midwest College Hockey. It's going to be our second year. We had our playoff, uh, our playoff tournament last year. Oh, you at, did, uh, didn't you? I, I should have known that. Facility. And it was a, it was a great event and uh, Coach Hogan and his staff put on a, a heck of a show. And um, uh, I personally, I would love to have, uh, again, if I'm in Vegas with Steven walking around in our shorts and sweaters, um, <laughs> enjoying that 50-degree winter weather. And he uh, wants, he wants you to say this for our partner love, too, Chris. He wants you to say this now when I, you say that for our partner, that he's going to be wearing his summer skate sandals. <laughs> yeah, summer season. Well, I, I would, I would, I'm lobbying hard for the Maryville University Hockey Center. I think that would be a great facility for nationals. Yeah, uh, for a for a small reduced nationals. It's not the Centene Center, um, and uh, but it has it has everything that what we're looking for. It's a small place. The ACHA. If we went there, we would control it. Um, meaning it would. It would be, we're not going to get bumped by the St. Louis Blues or by the Dallas Stars or the Columbus Blue Jackets like we've had in the in years past with NHL facilities. And um, we know that Maryville can put it on and it's got, uh, you know, it's, it's got great seating. It's got the, uh, just a great arrangement with a, a nice uh, viewing area up top for some of the, uh, whether it's for the broadcasters or for some of the ECHA staff. It's got uh, more than enough locker rooms. It's got a practice sheet right next door to it. Um, so it's, uh, you know, that would be my pick. But again, <laughs> I, you know, the decision isn't mine. I just get to uh, bang the drum loud and long for it. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, so Stephen's got one more for you. Then I'll give you one more and we'll let you go tonight. But um, he wants to know, are we going to see a schedule finalized for the conference for the upcoming season uh, relatively soon, uh, too? Or, or when do you expect that to be out as far as your uh, composite schedule for the WCHL? 
Well, wait, wait a second here. Is he talking about for this spring season, or is he right. talking about next, the 2021-2022 season? No, no, the spring season. I don't think we've seen right, anything the, for that. Yeah, the spring season schedule has already been delivered to the teams. Okay. Um, they, ha- they have them, and um, uh, they've had them now since the middle of August. Oh. Uh, one, from from one, January one, to one April, then you're saying, right? Yeah, it's once the decision was made that uh, you know the ten teams in the Western Collegiate League could not go in the fall. I immediately uh, uh, we did a quick detour and we revamped the conference schedule. So each team in uh, we have we now have ten teams, two five team divisions. Each team will play a home and home against uh, the other folks in their division. There will be no crossover games. Uh, cross divisional games this season. Okay. So U of A, ASU, Grand Canyon, Vegas, and Utah uh, play 16 games, uh, home and homes against one another. And the way the, the, the thought process was for Stephen, um, the thought process was there are not necessarily January 1st, but January 8th would be the first available weekend after the new year turns. And going up from there till the end of March, there's 11 weekends. Um, of available ice uh, or available dates, I should say. And so uh, what I did was I filled eight of them and I left three open so that if, you know, if stuff happens, if COVID cancels a weekend, you can, there's a, there's a buffer zone where you can maybe try to reschedule on another weekend. Or if you want to try to push it, you can try to, you know, schedule somebody else in if they're welcome to travel to you. Okay. So, uh, but each, each team already has that. So the, uh, in the same, same for the Oklahomas, the Colorados, and the Missouris. They have their same schedule. Um, August, uh, it was middle of August when I sent those out. Now, the reason I, I ask is because um, I'm, I'm in the process right now of uh, compiling the schedule for the 21-22 season. And, uh, you know, God willing, it's going to be a pandemic-free season. And we're going to get back to 20 conference games, home and home against everybody with uh, a crossover road trip away and a crossover home game. So, so we're are, away series and a crossover home series, I should say. So, okay, so we're definitely not having a conference tournament then this year. Um, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to talk with our with our coaches. We had talked about having a conference tournament when it was conference winners only, um, and right now we've. You know, we had we had selected a site. It was going to be there in Scottsdale, um, at the Ice Den, Scottsdale. It was going to be sponsored by U of A, ASU, and Grand Canyon. And it's as we sit here today, it still is. Okay. However, with the with the change in the um, with the recent change in, in uh, how the national tournament format is going to go, um, in meaning we went from ten team conference winners only back to the twenty team regular format. Um, yeah, we're, I'm going to have to address it with the coaches. I need to make some phone calls and talk to folks because if that's the case, if we're going, to, going back to 20 teams, I can't honestly, um, as a commissioner, I can't look at the seven other teams that aren't there in the Valley or near the Valley and say, hey, spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to go play in a tournament that's not going to mean anything, right? Yeah, right. That's so, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, I, I would rather they... <laughs> 
I'd rather they take that money and spend it going to nationals and winning the winning a championship. Um, but I'm gonna. I also serve at the pleasure of the of the teams, and if they decide they'd rather have a uh, conference tournament. I'm I'm down. I'm in. I've already got my room reserved, so uh, that won't be a problem. But I need to talk to the teams right now. I would say it's probably fifty-fifty. Uh, yeah, and I'm guessing that the fifty that are for it are the fifty in the West, and the ones that aren't for it are the fifty percent on the East. <laughs> Just you, my you, guess. You, you, you'd be you'd be surprised, Scott. Really? I, <laughs> I, I haven't talked to everybody. But there is some, some folks out in the West that have said, yeah, you know, if, if, if we would much rather focus our efforts and think about it. Uh, I mean, just because you're not traveling far doesn't mean you're not expending a lot of time, money and energy. You know, yeah. the three, there are three teams that are organizing this event. And um, if, if it's going to happen, you know, that's a lot of uh, time and resources that they have to expend. They can focus that elsewhere if they if we're not going to have it. So um, I haven't talked to all of the teams. I've talked to a couple of them, uh, but I need to get around to all 10 um, to, to make a final decision. And then, you know, we'll, if it's good, then we'll commit and we'll confirm and we'll move on down the road. And if it's not, then I will place a, uh, an awkward phone call to the Ice Den Scottsdale and uh, <laughs> apologize and, you know, uh-huh. tell them that the ACHA has uh, changed their mind and it's affecting everything. It's kind of maddening, to be honest with you, because I'm a guy that likes to, you tell me one thing, by God, I'm going to do it. And I don't like it when you, you tell me one thing and I start planning on doing it. And then all of a sudden you change your mind. You say, no, you know what? Instead of this, we're going to do that. <laughs> and that just kind of, that, that infuriates me. I hear you. So I'm, I wasn't a happy camper when I heard that things had kind of, you know, that the thought process was going back the other way. But like I said, I'm just, I'm just a loud squeaky wheel. All right. Steven says he has to get one more in. Uh, he said, I'm supposed to ask you about their, uh, your podcast, the uh, WCHL podcast when you had Greg on and uh, Utah GM Al Bolden. Um, where can folks listen to that? And and he wants to give you a shameless plug. He said, so you tell us about your podcast. Well, I I, I don't have a nice uh, professional uh, fancy <laughs> podcast like Scott Strandy and Steve from Las Vegas. My my podcast is kind of hit and miss. It's called the WCHL podcast. It's on uh, it's on. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. And I'm probably I'm, I'm, thinking about changing some platforms there in the next week or so. But um, it's me uh, as the dumb commissioner, and um, I, have a, I have a buddy here. His name is Andrew Major Carthy, and I have known each other for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And uh, he's now, unfortunately, he's the general manager for the Oklahoma Hockey Club, so I get to oh. you know, bust him every now and then sure. uh, because he's he thinks he's, you know, Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Uh, Mr. Top Dog, and you know I, I I've been in that chair before, and I know that he's 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 raw behind the <laughs> behind the ears. He's about ready to get a rude away. But uh, it's it's just us. We get online and um, we we put out we try to put out a podcast uh, once every other week during this pandemic season. And we focus on the Western Collegiate League, uh, but we also tend to veer off and talk about other stupid things like uh, <laughs> ice cream and movies. And uh, we've had 
So yeah, we've had Greg Powers on. Greg, Greg is a unfortunately uh, for for him, he still <laughs> I don't know why he does this, but he still follows the ACHA like a hawk. Oh yes, he like, does. I tell him. Yes, he does. I tell him. I said, dude, you're an you're an NCAA coach. Why I would the ACHA would be in my rear view mirror so fast. <laughs> um, but he follows it, and so uh, we had some we had some folks on. Uh, uh, we rev- we brought back the WCHL podcast uh, during the pandemic, and we we're just talking to some. Uh, I forget who it was that we had on, uh, but Greg. Next thing you know, it's like midnight my time, and he texts me. And he goes, "What's it going to take for me to get on the uh, the, the WCHL podcast?" And I know he's just giving me grief. Uh, but we had Greg on. We've had AJ Bolden on from Utah. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, next week we're going to have Danny from uh, Grand Canyon on. Um, I'll, I'm going to talk to Greener and get him on to kind of introduce. Yeah. You know, the three new clubs to the rest of the folks. We have 11, a total of 11 listeners, um, <laughs> which is just wonderful. Um, and so, we, but we have a good time with it. We have a really good time with it. We have a lot of fun and we don't take ourselves with any, uh, we don't take ourselves very seriously at all. Um, so, but it's a good time. It's again, the WCHL podcast. Stephen must be one of the 11 listeners, so I, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> okay. Let, um, I, just, I just I just, subscribed to it today. Tell him I just subscribed to it today. <laughs> he's, he's telling me in my ear, blasting me, that he just subscribed to it today. So, yes, he is. <laughs> well, well, okay. He, he wasn't on there. He must be number 12 now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my... My final one for you is that you heard me talk a little bit about how proud I am to be a hockey fan first and see what hockey has done to lead the way for sports, I think, during this pandemic. But I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to tout uh, the the ACHA. And, you know, we've already talked about these kids play, uh, pay to play and all of that good stuff. But how proud are you of that the programs are hanging in there and doing whatever they can whenever they can? Uh, right through this and trying to, uh, like you say, find the uh, the glass half full. Yeah, it's this. This is a this is a unique time, and you really find out um, this this pandemic has really caused it, it shows people's true colors, right? I mean, right. we've known. Uh, I, I I I have kids, but neither one of them plays hockey. They're both smart, so they they don't play hockey. Um, <laughs> You know, they're uh, so I'm I, I'm I'm in this because I recognize that the kids that do play hockey, um, they're true student athletes, and they're they're not you know glorified um, uh, the folks that get NCAA scholarships. And I'm and I'm not knocking this at all. I'm not knocking those guys because they busted their butt to earn that scholarship, and that's great, and they've earned it, and so. Uh, you know, like I said before, power to those guys. I'm not knocking that at all. But what I'm saying is the ACHA folks, whether it's on the men's or the women's side, they're playing for the love of the game and they're sacrificing their own time and they're, they're sacrificing their own money to play a game that they love while they're getting their degree and to represent their school. And there's something... I mean, maybe this is corny to say, but there's something kind of noble about that, right? Absolutely. And so they're, they're doing it because they want to do it. And then um, you, you, we focus so much on the, on the student athletes, the players, and, and rightfully so. But this pandemic has also revealed 
the true colors of the folks behind the scenes because you know whether there's not there's no games being played for the most part and yet coaches are still you know trying to find ways to unique ways to involve their team and to create a team mentality with their guys whether it's you know like calisthenics and uh, you know exercises on the soccer field all wearing team gear or three on three stuff and and you get to see the uh, the, the uh, you know the uh, the true intentions behind some of these uh, some of the coaches that are uh, in the administrators that are out there that are really putting in an awful lot of legwork and an awful lot of uh, effort behind the scenes to make something happen uh, out of this crazy, crazy year that is 2020 in this pandemic that we're all, uh, you know, enduring. And it's my job, you know, I, I give, I give coaches a hard time because, you know, like, like there's, you know, a few of them out East, I, you know, I think are a bunch of dummies, <laughs> but for the most part in my, in, in the, in both my conferences, both the A conference, the Western league and the B conference, the Midwestern league, um, I've got a, for the most part, I have a really good group of 16 coaches. Everybody gets it. And there's not a whole lot of moaning and groaning. Everybody, you know, I, nobody likes the situation. None of us. We, we, I would much rather be talking hockey with you guys. I would much rather be at Oceanside or the TCC or up in Utah or Sioux City National for the first time live. I'd much rather be, you know, getting Dana Lane and trying to, you know, <laughs> give him accurate facts to state for once on, you know, on, on his radio show. Um, but instead we're sitting here talking about, you know, we're not playing and we're talking about what could have been. And uh, it's, it's really good to, uh, I, I've been really impressed with the good group of coaches that we have in the, uh, in the ACHA. They're not, they're not getting their degree. Uh, they're not paying the, you know, money, uh, but they're paying with their time and their, and their resources and their effort. And, um, you know, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier to, uh, I'm, I'm proud and I'm honored to be their, uh, the commissioner. And I hope that they, uh, I hope that they feel the same about me. Most of them probably think I'm a joker. And I'm just a, you know, a windbag, but um, they haven't got rid of me yet. And so uh, I'll keep on plugging away. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled in, uh, the, to, to be their commissioner. And I'm, I'm thrilled that they are the coaches that help, uh, you know, make, the, make our conference as good as it is. We are, there's no doubt, you know, I'm, this is more of a WCHL themed podcast. And don't, so don't tell the guys over on the B conference, especially that Maryville guy. <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I'm con I'm convinced that WCHL is is the conference that sets the standard in the West in the uh, in ACHA Division One. I. I know that my the MCH the B conference is right up there, right next to it, and they try to do they're they're you know getting close. But I like to believe that you know we set the standard in the Western Collegiate League as to how things ought to be done. And uh, we do things the right way as opposed to moaning and groaning and, <laughs> you know, sabotaging 
I'm going to tell you, I totally agree with you on that. And I'll give a quick uh, Homer shout out, if you will, from ASU. But uh, our photographer is just dying to get out and get photos. So every weekend he sneaks down to Oceanside and gets in and gets some photos uh, from the C-H-E-L, the uh, whatever, the College Hockey Elite League, they're calling it. And uh, I've seen some photos and some video, and you would swear, Chris, that they were playing for the Stanley Cup. Uh, because the competitiveness of that group is unbelievable. I don't know if they, it, you know, when the games start for real, we were talking about teams uh, that have been playing real games. Well, these guys might be playing real games too because it sure looks like it, even though it's three-on-three three or whatever it is. Uh, it's very competitive. So shout-out to Tate Green and the guys for uh, for coming up with a unique situation. And, and really, it goes back to Oceanside for – for being able to find the ice and being able to make it affordable for the guys to pay and, and play out there. Yep. Tate, madam, have done a, uh, take coach green and, and Jim, the assistant and, uh, Adam there at Oceanside have done a great job with that CHL. And, uh, it's, uh, what, a, what a great outlet for those kids. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate having you on as always. Uh, thanks for, uh, for finding a way to get on, even if it means calling on the old telephone, the old way to do it. Uh, believe me, you're not the first. Uh, we just we just did this all over the place. On Monday night, uh, we, we had uh, a guest from Oslo, Norway. Uh, we've had a guest from Sweden. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. We had uh, Coach Havlin from CC on via the phone. So that stuff happens. No worries. Uh, it sounds great in the end. And, you know, be safe out there, and let's get back to playing some hockey, okay? Just remember, he'll be the guy in the tank top, shorts, and wearing summer skates. <laughs> Let us know whenever we're free. So, um, Chris Perry, the Western Collegiate Commissioner, thanks so much for joining us. Stephen and I will be back in about two minutes to uh, to wrap up uh, another segment of college hockey. I'm sorry, club hockey, Southwest Weekly. I'm lost at what I'm doing, but thanks, Chris. Stephen, your thoughts on uh, on our visit with. Uh, with Chris, before I jump into a couple more quick ones, they were well over our time limit. But well, that was the fastest two minutes. You know, they they always do the fastest two minutes with the football yeah. highlights. That was the quickest two minutes I've ever well, been through. I, I started looking at the clock and I realized we're already two minutes over. <laughs> well, we'll we'll mention them in our closing read, but our sponsor, our partners. But yeah, great conversation. You know, glad that you were at least able to get him on the phone. Uh, he brought a lot of. I, I, I know you got, he was razzing me about the weather thing, and I, I know I, I regret saying that. I know there's places that are much colder, but winter weather, no matter where you are, kind of dashed through here. I'm just going to try to maybe get myself out of the hole I dug myself in if that was possible. But, yes, very, <laughs> very insightful. Oh, he just said ha <laughs> on the chat there. Uh, very insightful conversation. Uh, great insight, as, as always, from him. Um, so one thing I learned is the schedules have already in the hands of the team, so it'll be up to – them when they can release it and so we'll know when when the season begins but basically we know how it's going to be 
played, you know, starting in January. Uh, the teams will play each other in the, 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 the conference with each team playing each other in the division, a home and away series. And maybe there's some flexibility of playing a couple outside series uh, beyond that. So that's kind of how the s- schedules look. Interesting that now the format of the tournament has changed. We know we talked about having the conference thing, and that was what was going to be lean. But now with, with the news of the change of the of the way that the tournament is going to be played with the, being in different locations for each uh, division, uh, it seems like now it's just going to go back to maybe being the 20-team format, so maybe not a need for that as, anymore. Although – I was looking forward to spending a few days in wonderful Scottsdale, Arizona, but maybe that'll have to wait. Who knows? <laughs> well, I, I, I think there's a heavy lean towards it becoming the national tournament in, uh, in Maryville, and um, that would be great for our partners, uh, the Maryville yes, Saints, because they do a great job, and, and we'd be really excited for that. But, I, yeah, I, I would I, love to spend a few days in St. Louis. I'd love it. I'd love uh, to go to St. Louis. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's just wrap it up. Uh, as always, somehow, some way, we managed to run over. So I'll let you take it away with the read, and then we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Sure. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Voted the Best Ford Dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday special. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top selling lines of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance to CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. See Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Now you can bring the best of Las Vegas home. Stop by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located minutes from T-Mobile Arena and new Allegiant Stadium, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and pick up a bottle or three of our championship barbecue sauce home. Uh, By Summer Skates, your team can design its own logo and show it off with pride on our koozies and shower shoes, which I might be wearing here real soon. Team discounts available. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the Mask, for all of your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations, or you can go to BehindTheMask.com. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe, by ASU fans, for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, learn to play hockey sessions are back for kids and kids at heart. See OceansideIceArena.net for more details. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, score a Roger Klein hat trick, go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try each of our three styles of the best tasting tequila. By OxyPal, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal.com. By M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com, try our new Relax Supplement for better sleep, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also available on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Once again, our presenting partner, Maryville Saints Hockey and Maryville University. We thank them for that. And Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. I want to go back up real quick to uh, to the uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue, UNLV football. Going to have 2,000 fans at Allegiant Stadium this weekend for their uh, rivalry game with UNR. So that is great news. And so – 
people that are going to be around Allegiant Stadium for that UNLV game this weekend should go maybe check out uh, some great stuff at uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue, which I says is just minutes from Allegiant Stadium there in that area. So there you go. Absolutely. Very well done, my friend. Uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Uh, the time changes officially this uh, Sunday morning. So starting November 1st, all of our podcasts will go to 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, that'll include the new Sunday show, the College Hockey Southwest Live NCAA show, uh, our professional hockey on Monday, college hockey on Tuesday, and club hockey on Wednesday. So if you want to find great hockey podcasts, uh, definitely in the Southwest, get logged in to us now. Get, uh, join our, uh, our Podbean app. Uh, you know, Download us wherever you can and, uh, and jump on board because uh, we're – we're rocking and rolling, and four nights a week now at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, you'll be able to find us. I also want to shout out our new college hockey Southwest Weekly partner, Roger Kleins, Cancion Tequila, has jumped on board as our new partner for that. Of course, Maryville Saints and Maryville University with us on the, the club hockey, and we're working on uh, two more presenting partners for uh, College Hockey Southwest Live and professional hockey. So for Stephen Marsh and for our good friend Chris Perry, the commissioner of the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League, we'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro.